guys. Welcome to episode 55 of Eat, Drink, Write, an Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. And this week we're going to talk about killing off characters because we yeah. raised that last week and we thought that was a great idea. I do think that this is our, we've got to be at least a year into this. I think this is our year. And our first, yeah, our first episode was, I think we posted two of them on um, January 14th of 2020. So tomorrow, we're recording this on the 13th. So tomorrow is technically our year anniversary. So this kind of is our year. Um, so I don't know if that means this will be season two or if eh. we'll, yeah, I don't know how to, Anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of cool. A year. We've been doing this a year. But before we get into our topic, how was your week? <sighs> I'm ready to quit grad school, if, if that's any indication. But uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I've only got like a year left of it. So we'll keep on trucking. But yeah, I've got to persevere. Pretty irritated with it um, these days. And I've only been back for two weeks since having a two week break. So if, if that's any indication, it has not been great. Have you um, um, been working on a project that's going to be paper worthy soon? Yeah, the project that I'm working on should produce a paper. The issue is getting on the machines to do it because they're all shared machines. So yeah. we're all splitting time and we're all scrapping for machines and it's just a, it's a whole whole thing. So like, I want to move really fast and I can move really fast, but you know, I can't get on any machines in order to do it. So I can't move at all. Yeah. Um, and then with COVID, they have to limit people that come in. At least you're allowed to go in because you're um, essential. You're the office manager too. So. Well, honestly, UGA is not really enforcing anything. So everybody comes in when everybody wants to. Really? And I'm there regardless. Yeah. Yeah, we just got news from Riley's school that we're, there are, everybody in Gwinnett County is 100% digital because of the uptick in cases and the death wow. stuff that's going on. So, No, yeah, no, UGA is basically as if, you know, things were normal, except we all wear masks. So. And Jordan had her first class this morning that was in person, and I said, oh, well, did everybody wear masks? And she said, well, the students did. The teacher oh. halfway through took off her mask and they were in a really small room all packed together. So that does not bode well at all. No, that could get reported anyway. But anyway. yeah, so, so I'm struggling scary. to get some time on the machines and um, so I'm not moving at all on my science, which is really frustrating. So I'm mostly just frustrated. Uh, but the good news about that is that I, it turns out that I'm a stress anger writer. Um, <laughs> so I've written like 7,000 words this week on one of my books. And I guess that's something. Maybe I'll have like five books done by the end of this year. Cause well, good that Lord. would be awesome. It yeah. would be awesome. But man. Yeah, yeah my so. week was um, okay. We still have our Christmas decorations up and it's the oh. 13th of January. So I haven't gotten to that yet. Um, my brain is a little fried because I'm the one that has to send out the zoom links for our big court weeks. And I have to send a separate zoom link to every individual person because some of them can't see the others emails and all of that. So five days of court morning and afternoon, and I'm the one sending the zoom links by the time I got done with it this afternoon, my brain was fried. I kept having to send apology emails. Wait, wait, yours is at three 30. I am. Yeah. And then when I clicked on the zoom to start this one, I'm like, I don't want to touch zoom. I don't <laughs> want to look at zoom. 
Well, but, we could have recorded tomorrow, but <laughs> no, this is good. I'm I'm good. Um, my back is feeling somewhat better. I've been good. keeping. I overdid it trying to get this room ready, yeah. um, and Daddy warned me, but I, I had to get it done, and I didn't want to bother him because he's got work to do too. So I overdid it, but I have been keeping on the heating pad, which has helped a whole bunch. Good, so. good, good. Anyway, so at least that's better. Well, what are you eating and drinking? Um, I, well, I sent you a picture of my food and I already ate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would have eaten it too. It looks really good. It was delicious. I made deviled eggs, um, because that's very easy and very yummy. Uh, so I got home from work, immediately tossed them in a pot, uh, to boil and then whipped them up. And then I'm drinking a lime vodka soda because it is also very easy. Also, nice. if you're watching the YouTube video, pardon my cat's tail. We'll yeah, probably tail keeps going across the screen. <laughs> yeah. He's being very needy. So he did this that. last week too. He wanted your attention. He did. Um, what, are you, what are you eating and drinking? Uh, daddy's cooking dinner right now. Cause it's, we're doing this after work today. Um, I have no idea what it is. I have, it smells good. I have no idea what it's going to be. I am drinking my usual wine out of one of the glasses you gave me for Christmas. Mm, um, it looks so good. I love those, those glasses. Me too. I, they're, they're beautiful. And uh, this one has stripes on it for those of you who aren't watching. It's um, really different looking glasses. So I'll take a picture and get it posted. I think some of you may have seen, I have been posting some updated pictures on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. I haven't, haven't gotten them to our website yet, but they are on Instagram and Facebook. I've posted a bunch of those. Um, yeah. So I have jokes. Oh, yes. Let's, and let's these are not jokes. related to anything because I was looking <laughs> up, they were killing off characters. Let's look up jokes on killing. Okay. Those were not good. <laughs> I'm like, like a bad idea. <laughs> not going to go there. So these are just jokes. Mm -hmm. One of these I saw, this one I saw on Facebook. What did the sloth say when he was mugged by a bunch of snails? What? It all happened so fast. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Did you hear about the first restaurant on the moon? Hmm. It had good food, but no atmosphere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did the ocean say to the other ocean? What? Nothing. It just waved. It just waved. <laughs> Okay, oh, so the, it's an auspicious start for talking about killing off our characters. All right. All right, so killing off characters, I'm sure we've all done it. Any of you all that have written have, have done this. Um, I'm not quite sure what that says about all of us, but, but we've done it. So let's delve into that topic. Why kill off characters? Yeah, why, why do it um, other than writers are sadistic? Yes. Uh, death is widely used in novels because of the emotion that it can evoke in a reader. Um, there's like a saying where it's like, you know, if your readers cry, then they're going to buy your books. Um, so if you can make them feel something, then, you know, they're, they're likely to buy more of your works. Mm -hmm. um, also, death is just a part of life. So writing about it comes naturally to a lot of, a lot of writers. Um, and it's something that everyone can relate to. You know, we all, we're all mortal. We all know that that's, that's just a part of it. Yeah. Um, Writers, again, are well known for killing off characters, maybe even your favorites. Yeah. Yeah. It, it adds stake to the stakes, not steak. Oh, steak. Wow. I want steak. <laughs> I want 
mistake. It adds. No, I, if we're talking about killing characters and stuff, yeah, that sounds cannibalistic. That some of the jokes I came across were cannibalistic jokes, and I'm like, I uh, no. Yeah. Anyway, stakes. S T A K E S, not S T E A K S. Um, it creates stakes. It creates empathy. Sometimes adding despair is needed to get across the point you're trying to make. Um, it adds the emotion. We talked about emotions last week. Um, it's actually one of the first questions I ask when I'm at that what if game, you know, that I like to play. You know, what if yeah. I kill this guy off? And, you know, I, t I take that tangent and go on down. That's probably the first question I always ask in the what if game. Um, and it creates realism like you were just talking about. This isn't a fairy tale. Well, might be a fairy tale. Beck's world Maybe. is now a fairy tale. But, you know, it, we don't want it to be um, just an easy Disney type world. This is a real, realistic world that we're writing in. And death right. is a way to portray that all is not always going to turn out 100% okay. And it might lead your reader to wonder how is this going to end? Is there going to yeah. be a happy ending? Because this isn't a romance novel where we always know there's going to, they're going to end up together. Um, so yeah, it creates that anxiety also in our readers wondering, you know, how is this going to end? Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. And how do you get your reader to feel that way? Like how do you get your reader to feel for that death? Um, you know, how should you go about writing it in order to create that emotion in your reader? Mm -hmm. um, so first ask yourself why you're killing the character in the first place. I feel like that's, you know, the first basic question that you kind of need an answer for before you can even go about killing a character. Yeah. Um, you know, cause if you're killing a character like purely for shock value, you know, does that character belong in the story to begin with? Yeah. Um, if they're an extraneous character, you know, sometimes those are useful, uh, for things like character deaths, but if you can get away with your entire plot without that character to begin with, then maybe just like, cut them out altogether. Yeah, because remember, we're trying to be concise. We, we have limits for whatever genre we're writing in. And I always, always, always go way beyond the limits. You know, my little urban fantasies that are supposed to be about 90,000 words, I hit 120, 120,000 all the time. So this might, okay, great. It's a, a moment of shock. You know, like the horror movies, those jump scenes, they just, they're just there to yeah. make you jump. Yeah. You know, our readers have, I mean, there's a time and a place for that, but our readers tend to not be fooled by shock value. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's not a reason all by itself to have that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So ask yourself if the death will spur the plot forward. Can the next plot point be achieved without the death of that character? And if the answer is yes, then maybe you don't need to kill that character. Mm -hmm. Um, are you writing deaths to prove that no character is safe in the world you've built? Because I think that's an important point also. I, that one is a fantastic point. I mean, it can make the villain all the more scary, all the more scarier, more Okay. All, okay. <laughs> it can make the villain really scary. <laughs> word really that I'm not supposed to use either. Um, it can wow. raise the stakes for your main character realizing that the villain's not bluffing. Yeah, and exactly. That, that may be a huge need in your novel because if the villains all like blah 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 I'm gonna do this but no one really believes him this death yeah. you know kind of like when you're holding up a bank you know and you've got hostages if the cops don't think that you're gonna follow through on your 
threats. You know, we, how many cop movies have we seen with bank robbers where they kill the, the hostages? That right. you know, you're not bluffing. That makes you more credible. Right. Well, also, also think about um, worlds like The Walking Dead. You know, characters die left and right in that show, and it's yes. specifically to get across the point that none of these characters that you're following are safe. Any one of them could die. I hadn't um, thought about that show. That's an excellent example of killing off characters. That show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and honestly, like some of the character deaths like annoyed me because I felt like the character arcs were not complete mm-hmm. um, or like not complete enough for a character death. But at the same time, it was like, well, you know, people die in the middle of their everyday lives all the time. Before they that sh- reach their goals. Yeah. Right. And so that gets across the point that, hey, no one is safe. Any one of these characters can die. You, you're not going to know who's next. And, you know, that can create that kind of atmosphere in your story. Yeah, I think when you're, you know, this question that you said to start with, when you're asking yourself, why are you killing off this character? I think what you need to do is make a list of pros and cons of killing that character off. Yeah. And if there's any other way that you can get the pros and the cons that you might need without killing the character, then, then do it. Yeah. Sometimes it, it has to be, but start with a list. You know, you've got your little journal book or however you organize your novels. Um, make a list. Yeah, absolutely. I love lists. I, I'm a huge fan of it. I've got my writer's notebook and there are just lists and lists and lists of things in them. So mm-hmm. no, I like that. Oh, idea. I found your um, writer's notebook that you left here. I was yes. that yesterday. I, because I, I'm plotting this book that I'm writing right now, and it would have been nice to have some of those notes I've got. You've got there. some really great um, lists and checklists and prompt points in there, which I'm going to copy before I give them back to you. But oh. I found it when I was rearranging this room. I've now got myself a little nook in here for all my podcast stuff. Oh, nice. And all my little writing stuff. So all my notes from podcasts are going to go in there. That's where your notebook is. That's where any writing related information is going to go is in this little room and it's little own little nook. Well, good. I'll have to get that back soon. Cause it's, it's, I remember having very useful things in it. Yeah. I'm going to copy the whole thing. <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> and we might ought to oh, post right. some of those things for our, our listeners too, because um, yeah. very helpful. You've got really good templates and stuff in there. Some of them are from um, David, uh, Donald Moss. Donald, Donald Moss. Moss. Yeah. Donald Moss. Um, yeah, a lot of them are mm-hmm. from his workbook. So also check him out because I did get a lot of that information from there. So yeah. cool. Okay. I totally cut you off with whatever you were talking about. No, it, no, that's good. You were talking about making lists. That was very relevant. <laughs> that's true. Lists are good. Um, yeah, so once you figure out like why you're killing off your character, the next question is when. Mm-hmm. Um, so when will this character's death be most impactful? My nose feels kind of stuffy, so sorry if you guys like hear that, but, um, when, uh, yeah, when will this character's death be the most impactful either to the plot, your main character, your reader, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this can happen at any time in the story and, you know, doing a bunch of research, being a self-taught writer through most of this, I found a lot of plot templates that say the death of a mentor character, quote unquote, um, should happen around the 50% mark. Like that is typically like where that should happen. Um, and my question back at that is who says that that's most impactful? Like why, why would the 50% mark dictate yeah, like that, when I should kill That's so strange. Although we ought to do another episode 
on the templates that are out there. I found some interesting ones and I don't like you, I don't agree with all of them. It's right. Who says 50%, you know, I, I kind of get the gist of the idea because your character, your main character has been led by the mentor to this point, but hasn't gotten to the point of trusting himself yet. So that is a good time to kill that character off and have your main character have to learn on his own two feet on what to do. So, um, you know, to me, I, I think it means a lot when you get your character, these are the most poignant deaths for me. When you almost reach your goal, you're working on it, you're getting there, and then the character dies. Yeah, yeah. After all that work and effort that they've put into it, that can be truly crushing, if that's what you're going for. I mean, it depends yeah. on what your goal is with the death of this character, but that gets me every time. I'm like, they, they were this close, <laughs> and, and then they died, and it's just soul-crushing. Yeah, I also, I'm a sucker for the trope where, um, you know, same idea. They've got this goal that they're really gung-ho for. They've been working for it their entire life, and then they decide to give up that goal and their life for something, you know, to help the main character or whatever. I'm such yeah. a sucker for a death Me like too. That. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so also I found this quote, uh, and I don't remember where, cause I'm a horrible citation person. Um, but write the death for the character, not the character for the death. So basically, you know, don't write a character in your head. Like don't come up with a character where it's like, yes, this character is just here to die. Yes. Um, it's very obvious to a reader, I feel like, when a character is only around to die. Um, a lot of the time, authors use this method to justify a threat for the uh, quote-unquote evilness, I guess, yeah. of an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if a reader can feel that a character is only around to die, then they'll never invest in that character, and then the death won't leave an impact. There won't be any emotion behind it. This reminds me, and I don't I think we've asked, I've asked you this before. I don't think you've ever watched the original Star Trek series. No. But in the original, I was in seventh grade out in California. And I remember we would watch Star Trek at dinner time at the table. And it was the original Star Trek. Yes, I have just dated myself and how old <laughs> I am. Um, but you always knew which character was going to be, quote, the meat that was just going to there to die. They would always have this landing party and you're like, yep, we don't know that character. He's the one that's going to bite it the first time they, you know, step out into the open on this planet. Um, Right. And we all knew. And there are memes out there about it because everybody knows. And so you don't want it to be that stereotypical. You don't want it to be that obvious for sure. Yeah. At least if what you're going for is, you know, an impact, if you want to impact your reader, then absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, well, and that said, if you're reluctant to kill your character, like if you like them, then the odds are that your audience will also like them and be devastated when you kill them. Yeah. Um, which is, it's hard yeah. to do. I mean, back to the Star Trek thing, if they had killed Uhura off, there would have been millions of really angry fans. If she went yeah. on the landing party and just died. Yeah. That, you know, so we always knew this fresh meat that we had never seen before was going to be the, oh, he's going <laughs> to buy it. He's going to bite the big one. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that said though, like if you do create a character for the purpose of killing them, then give them unique and likable traits um, and a goal beyond their death. You got to make them not that 2D uh, character that's only there to, like you said, be the meat um, yeah. to die. I think that is a great point. 
you know, sometimes we need the character to, to die for whatever the purpose is. You know, it could be motivating your main character. It could be, you know, if this person is someone that your main character loves, it could create that revenge intent that sends your character on a direction you need them to go on. Um, it has the most effect when that character is lovable. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. kills me when the lovable ones. Okay. So I told you last week I'm watching black sales yeah. and I had a horrible time and this is spoiler alert. So mute me if you have not watched black sales and you plan to. Okay. So y'all are muted. So <sighs> when Vane is killed, I had this huge range of emotions. I was sad because I had finally come to like him. His character yeah. arc had developed, you know, at first it was like, he was this two dimensional, he's a pirate, whatever. Yeah. But there were so many ups and downs that his character went through that I had finally grown attached to him. I was proud of him. I, um, he sacrificed himself in order to have a goal that was beyond himself to go forward, which is unlike what the pirate vein was in the beginning. He never thought beyond himself and he allowed himself to be hung and die in front of all these people actively discouraging any attempt to, to save him to further that goal. I mean, I've got goosebumps. I know. And I remember that. Uh, I don't remember that much about that series because it's been a long time since I watched it, but I do remember that. And I was, Wondering when you would get to it and what you would think of it. Cause I remember also yeah. devastated. Your dad says I was just mad because he wasn't there to run around without a shirt on for the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> He is quite, uh, has quite the body on him. Well, I was also uh, very upset about his death and I'm gay. So that's that. true. <laughs> but you know, I was angry with the ones who killed him. It was a pivoting point in that plot line of that story because he was yeah. always there in the background. We always knew, Oh, well, Vane's going to do something and now he's dead. So it left all of these plot lines open and we didn't know how is the author going to fix this? What are, what are all these characters going to do? Um, right. But he had filled his role in that series. He had done yeah. everything that that character needed to do to get to this pivotal point in the story and so it was okay to kill him off at that point. It added, it moved the plot forward. It enraged and brought feelings to the reader, the, uh, the writer, the, the audience, the audience. <laughs> that's it. The, uh, we're not, whatever. We're having issues. Um, so it was the perfect way for him to die. And I love that it was him becoming more than he was. His character arc completed with his death. Yeah. No, it was really good. It was very well done. Yeah. Um, I do remember that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. How do you go about doing that? How do you yeah. go about actually writing out this death? Um, you know, make sure the manner of the death that you intend to use aligns with the plot and makes sense for the character. Uh, so like you said with Bane, that made complete sense for him. Mm -hmm. Um, he sacrificed himself. He, um, you know, that kind of thing. I guess I'll well, stop talking about that so that uh, just oh. in case of spoilers. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it ended in 2017. So surely most people have watched it by now. I, I do hate to do the spoiler thing though. Right. Um, think about the length of the scene in which you kill the character, you know, depending on how you do it, um, you know, whether it's a long scene or a short scene, 
that'll give a different effect um, on your reader. So longer deaths, you know, typically spread across the whole scene are more heart-wrenching uh, mm -hmm. and devastating. And you're just, you're reading along and you're like horrified that this death is happening. I mean, hopefully, maybe. Um, and then fast deaths are very shocking and can sometimes come across as comical. Um, you know, so the, the one that I think of with this is the Fever series where um, the Lord Master gets corrupt. Yes. Um, and so the Lord Master was this big bad, and he was the big bad for a while. And then all um, of a sudden... Spoiler alerts again, if you haven't well, read the right. paper series. But all of a sudden, boom, he's dead. So it's like, you know, it was very shocking. Do um, you remember how we reacted to that when we read I do. It? Oh, yeah. my Lord. It was, it was so shocking. And we're like, but, but wait, he's been the big bad for three books now or however many books it was. And all of a sudden he's just dead. Yeah. No, it was insane. It, it was crazy. And, and she did it brilliantly. That's she did. And I still Arimani. think about it. Yeah. Me too. I, yeah. I still think about it and it was very well done. Um, it, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. She is brilliant. Uh, determine what emotion you want to convey with the death of this character that you're killing. Think about what you can do to evoke these emotions. So like sacrifice, illness, you know, those are going to cause different emotions in your audience. Um, you know, pity perhaps for illness or um, admiration for sacrifice, you know, just like various, you know, what do you want your audience to feel for the character that you've killed? Yeah, this um, kind of goes back to that idea I said before where like say it was an illness and your character was in search of the cure and they find the cure, but it's too late. Mm -hmm. And that character died. How heart wrenching is that? They went through all of this hardship, you know, maybe the villain delayed them and being able to get the, the cure back. So that can create in itself that death that's going to create anger in your main character, the, the want to revenge, which might totally sidetrack him from his main goal of the, of the book, which is a great rock to throw at him. Um, yeah. But yeah, just imagine that, you know, I, I went and found this magical plant that can cure them and I get back and she's already dead. Right. Right. You know? And then also the sacrifice thing, you know, I love it when a character has been selfish and not super supportive of the overall goal and then ends up sacrificing themselves to further that goal, like Han Solo did in Star Trek when he got frozen into his little block. And um, Han Solo is Star Wars, just so you know. Oh, did I say Star Trek? <laughs> you I, did. I'm, I'm on a Star Trek. Kit. Yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> um, I, I like all of those. So yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I'm just messing with you. <laughs> but you know that was poignant. We he didn't die, obviously, but. Um, that was a huge sacrifice on his part. And we don't have to kill characters to, right. to get this same thing across. Like we talked about last week, but you know, and, and Boromir, was it Boromir who what, yeah. died in Lord of the Rings? Yeah. He had wanted that ring for himself. He wanted it for the humans. He was intent on trying to convince Frodo to give up that ring. And then he realized his character arc completed and he realized, what am I doing? And he sacrificed himself to save Frodo. Well, well, he thought to save Frodo, but to save the, all the hobbits. And, right. you know, that was heart-wrenching as well. And his death, that, that gives me chills as well. His mm -hmm. death was spectacular and 
moving and horrible. And we all just watched with our jaws dropped as it happened. Yeah, absolutely. Read when you, I've read the books and seen the movies, but we just saw the movies for Christmas because that's our Christmas tradition is watching Lord of the Rings on Christmas day. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's fresh in my mind. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, I like, I like um, thinking about what emotion it is you're trying to, to get from your reader evoking. Right. And I think that's a really good, um, you know, that could circle back to the why you're killing the character too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, cause there's the reason that this character is willing to die if it's a sacrifice, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is there a theme to your story that you could get across through a character's death? So, you know, is the theme of your story about love? Is it about death itself? Is it about uh, moving forward? Is it about, you know, anything uh, that might be able to be conveyed through a character's death well, in the way that you do it? Think, speaking of that, think of Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the epitome of love and what they did for love and miscommunication and all kinds of other issues that led to the deaths of Romeo and Juliet. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. So I think that's a really good way to, um, you know, make a character's death richer and potentially, um, you know, more impactful for your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so I've got some like technical stuff, uh, that you can kind of think about in order to write a character death. So, you know, outline a rough, uh, a rough, a rough <laughs> sketch of their death. So your drink um, good too? <laughs> it's great. I've had half of it. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, outline a rough sketch of their death. Uh, so, you know, start with a relatively ordinary setting. Um, very skeletal. I call it whenever I sketch uh, scenes, I call it like they're very skeletal. There's not much um, description to it. There's not much detail uh, in the way that things are happening. Um, you know, explain what happens, build dramatically, and then kill the character. Uh, and this is just kind of to put the scene on paper, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then add yeah. an outline of the aftermath and take note of any other plot developments. Um, that'll come from this death. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an important point to know where your story is going after this character dies, because that entails, you know, knowing why it's important to the plot. Um, go back after you write this character's death, or when you finish the story, or when you're rewriting or editing or whatever, and add some foreshadowing to hint at this character's demise. Give your mm-hmm. reader a trail to follow, and then when it happens, they'll be like, ah. Oh, you know, I saw that happening because of blah, clue, that, yeah. you know, we left for them. Yeah. And don't be obvious like we talked about in our foreshadowing. Was it foreshadowing that we did? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a, a great idea. Um, yeah. And then em- emphasize that aftermath. Um, you know, use all of your characters, get across the impact of this stuff. Yeah. This brings me back to the Lord of the Rings so when Sauron died at the end, you couldn't just end it there and go, oh, you know, it's dead. Think of that story or that movie, whichever, if you haven't read the books, well, you need to read the books, honestly. But it was necessary to show that aftermath uh, after that death, you know, the, and they did a really good job with it, both in the movie and and in the book because you think they've reached their goal. They've destroyed the ring and now they're going to die because the whole mountain's exploding and 
all of that. Um, that was a great way to get through. Okay. And also in that same scene, it wasn't just Sauron that died. It was Gollum that died, which yeah. we had all become very attached to as well. And so they had to figure out how to do that aftermath of these deaths. How do you get over that? How do you walk through that? How do you write through that? And yeah. they put us right back into another situation where Frodo and Sam, we thought were going to die. And so the deaths, yeah, we didn't have time to adjust to that, those deaths because they were again, immediately in this next situation of, of impending death. Right. Um, yeah. To me, that is a really good book to go and look at when you're studying how to do death scenes and this aftermath that you're talking about. Right. Well, and then I'm going to give a small, small spoiler for one of the Marcy Thompson novels. Um, when Paul sacrifices, you might not have read this actually. I might, I might backtrack. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think I'm two or three books behind on the Mercy Thompson series. Okay. I will, I will redact that. Redacted. You didn't hear anything. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, so, but this is a really good way to get characterization across for your, for any other characters that you have. Um, just by using the aftermath, you know, how did they respond to the death that you've given? You know, what actions do they take in response to this death? Mm -hmm. um, and that can enrich your plot and drive your plot forward because that's what actions and that's what deaths do. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. And I was thinking, is there ever too much death? And you may know exactly what I'm thinking of when I say this. Game of Thrones, that author kills everybody he sure does um you know this this got me thinking about game of thrones actually and you know when we were watching it i remember getting to the point where we didn't want to become attached to anybody because there was a 95 percent chance they were gonna die at some point yeah pretty much um and it was effective those books are are selling like hotcakes. The the series that HBO was it HBO that made out of it um, yeah. was fantastic. Um, and you talk about studying the depth of characters. He was a pro at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and he did. He did shock ones. He did sacrifice ones. He did character arcs that had finished ones. I mean, he did it all because he yeah. killed so many people. Yeah. Um. So think of examples of this these deaths like is it to bring about a sense of justice you know where the main character's been motivated the whole time for revenge and wants to kill the villain that's been their whole goal all along but as their arc goes on they've reached the point where they realize that killing the villain isn't necessarily what they really want anymore but then the villain pushes them to the point where they have no choice but to kill him Right. And in some ways that gives us as the reader, we're like, Oh, he's grown. He doesn't think that he should kill them anymore. But the villain acts true to himself and gets what he quote deserves. Right. Um, it's a fitting into that character's actions, which is something yeah. that all you should all, you should look at all of the deaths that you do to make sure it's a fitting end based on their actions all through the story. Absolutely. Um, it can give closure. 
So if your character has fulfilled the role in the story, it can be quite effective to kill them off, which is what I was just talking about to end that plot line. It, it can be an effective end to a subplot line. Um, and don't forget that you can have the death occur prior to the start of the book. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's not effective in the same way. Uh, it doesn't impact the reader at the time because they're not there for it, but it does give your main character that background that might explain their motivations. Right. Um, you did this in Aiden, at least the, the very first copy that I saw, I read, I, I know you've changed it like four times since then, but that is the one that I'm currently writing. And that is still the case. Her sister died prior to the start of the book. And so we already understand. And yeah, we feel for Aiden in the beginning because, Oh, her sister just died, but we didn't feel that, hor you know, that, that bond to the sister. Right. But it gives us a connection to Aiden. Right. Um, the fever series also started the book. Similarly. Um, we don't necessarily see that death through Max eyes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she, she learns of the death after we start the book, but we didn't see that death yeah. at the beginning. It had happened prior. So it's not as wrenching to us as the reader, but it's effective as an inciting incident to start Mac on her journey. And it gives us a connection to Mac where we can understand how someone might feel if they lose someone they love. It was also a sister. Right. Um, and it, it jumped us into that entire series. And then also sometimes death just happens and isn't planned. And that works too. When you're writing, I have had that happen several times. I don't, I don't ever plan to have a character die, but as I'm writing, it just becomes obvious. This is what has to happen. Right. Um, you know, I get to the point, that point, And I'm like, this is, this is what has to happen. Right. And this character has to die. Yeah. You know, and I killed off my entire, I think I said last week, the elves in one of my books and mm -hmm. I hadn't planned it. It was lunch hour. I was in the DA's office at that time. And that was how I wrote my books was on my little lunch hour that I had. And, uh, I killed them all off in the middle of uh, in a lunch hour. And I've been having a really bad day. <laughs> I don't know what happened. It was just, and it hit me hard, but, um, you know, even if it, if it does happen by accident, then of course you're going to want to go back and edit it and make sure that it really works, you know, to the actions that your, that character has done and does it work to further the plot and go through all the questions that we put forth just now and make sure it works. But, you know, I think you are going to find yourself writing and sometimes it just happens and you're like, what, what <laughs> oh, just <okay>. happened? <laughs> right. So I think there's probably a lot more we could talk about in killing off characters and, you know, specifically we'll, we'll go into actual different parts of killing off characters, the technical part, the how to part, the emotional part, that kind of thing. But that was a good, I think, basis for thinking of it overall. Yeah, no, I think so too. Yeah, um, that's all I've got. I have an interview question. Okay. Uh, what character death in any book, uh, not necessarily yours, uh, hit you the most? Snake. Yeah, that was a big one. Sirius was a big one for me too, just like on the topic of Harry Potter. Sirius didn't get me. I mean, it got me too, but Snape, because he was a bad guy 
all the way through and then to realize that just got my heart and then the one that the death that hit me earliest was when I was a kid and I watched Bambi yeah and his mother died yeah I, I still refuse to watch that movie I will never I know watch that movie again you didn't you didn't necessarily ban us from watching it but we I, we didn't own it so like no. we couldn't watch it I don't yeah. know that I've ever seen all of Bambi no it, it was traumatizing to me now Disney does that a lot there's a, a lot of beginning death to start the inciting incident in Disney as well. Um, but that, that traumatized me and Dumbo yeah. traumatized me too. And that wasn't a death. It was, you know, he, they took the mother away from him and that got me too. I, I can't watch Dumbo either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't watch those two. Um, but if it's a book I've written, then it was the elves that I killed off. I mean, I killed off an entire species in this book yeah. and it was just, horrifying and it worked Absolutely. and so I had to yeah. keep it <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> what about you um you know you were talking about the fever series and how we weren't necessarily connected to Mac's sister um you know before you know because we didn't know her right but we get we get to know her over the course of the we series do. through Mac uh and then particularly I think it's in fever song or Fever born. I don't remember. Alina does come back. Yeah. Um, and it, it was very heart wrenching. So that's a big one. Another one is a spoiler for a series that you're reading. Uh, that, so I won't spoil it for you, but the throne of glass series, um, in the very last book, I bawled like a baby, uh, for a specific set of characters. Wow. And it was really good. And I still think about that all the time, um, especially as an author. The way that it was done was very, was very good. It was very well done. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Throne of Glass. I, I feel that way about Snape. It just gets me. Yeah. Yeah. So that one. And then in my own books, I don't know that I've like ever, you know, I've killed some characters, but I, I can't recall right now, like any characters that uh, I've killed where I've been like, oh, that was like, well, so there's one that I'm, the book that I'm writing right now, hopefully I'll get across a scene where uh, a character death, a particular character death will be sad, but we'll see. Well, in Kata, there's a character that I kill off that was also horrifying to me. I don't remember. I, I, but I can't say that much about yeah. it because I'm hoping it'll be published and I don't want my right, right. potential list, my potential readers to already know ahead of time. Right. Yeah. But yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, very cool. Yeah. Um, and then one last thing I do have the sentence challenge for this week. We have my, my cat is going crazy. Um, we <laughs> do have, uh, we have had people send, um, their sentence challenges in. So, and we're, we're we have thrilled to read them. So please, if you do the sentence challenge, I would love to read them, um, and chat about them because they've, uh, they're pretty awesome. Definitely. We'll do um, a whole episode if we get enough people to do it we, and we can read them and all talk about them. And that would be so much fun. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, the sentence for this week is she did it because she could not because it was right. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. So I, and I guess I'm you sure and I should cool. do these too. Have, have you done any with the ones that you've read so far? No, I've been meaning to, and grad school has been kicking my ass, so yeah. I have not. Um, but it's it was uh, on the to-do list to uh, do the sentence challenge with you guys, and hopefully I'll be able to. 
Yeah. Um, I've mostly been focused on books. So I have been writing my book as opposed to focusing on sentence challenges. Yeah. Yes. So. The sentence challenges are really good if you're in between works or if you're needing to get your brain started for works. It's a really good uh, practice technique. Yeah. So, but thank you all for listening. Come visit our website at eatdrinkwritepodcast.com. You can email us from there. That's how Jen does. She is our Patreon. Uh, definitely come check out our Patreon as well. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash E-D-W. Um, you can support us there, which would be fantastic. We would love it. And we will see you next time. Let us know any other things you want us to talk about. Yeah. Thanks guys. Oh, and jokes. And jokes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See y'all. Bye.